One song can spark a moment. One flower can wake the dream. One tree can start a forest. One bird can herald spring. One smile begins a friendship. One hand clasp lifts a soul. One star can guide a ship at sea. One word can frame the goal. One vote can change a nation. One sunbeam lights a room. One candle wipes out darkness. One laugh will conquer gloom. One step must start each journey. One word must start each prayer. One hope will raise our spirits. One touch can show you care. One voice can speak with wisdom. One heart can know what's true. One life can make a difference. You see, it's up to you. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound, the Wickham Wanderers Show. Kicking off the final Wickham Wanderers Show of the season with the words of Bill Turnbull, as heard at Wembley Stadium on Saturday for the League One playoff final uh, before... Before we knew what was going to happen, uh, the game against Sunderland, of course, finishing in a 2 0 defeat for Wickham, missing out on promotion to the Championship for next season, a return to the second tier of English football. Coming up uh, in the next hour, we'll be reflecting on that game. Uh, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth speaking at the post match press conference. We'll hear from Joe Jacobson speaking on the pitch, which I'm <laughs> just about here. Uh, we'll hear from Adebayo Akinfenwa, of course, who uh, uh, closed the curtain on his career uh, at the uh, National Stadium as well. Uh, also, we'll catch up with uh, Bob and review the game I sat next to him at Wembley and uh, we'll be looking back on the uh, the rather eventful season that we've all had as well. And, as a bit of a treat, uh, some highlights of uh, some of our chats with uh, the ex-players and uh, some ex-managers as well, uh, thanks to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. As well, uh, Luke's with us, who... Uh, you had a good day out at Wembley, I you? had a very good day out at Wembley, yeah. What an experience it was. With the oppressed pass? I know. And our balcony view from Wembley as well, on Olympic Way, not Wembley Way anymore. No. When, did, lo- that, when did that change? I'm not sure. No. Need to make more, take more notice of uh, post, uh, naming arrangements <laughs> at Wembley. I'll, I'll do that, yeah. It was an amazing experience, though. Um, and, you know, credit to the Sunderland fans who were all around us, because I've not heard a noise that loud before in a stadium. It was quite, quite something. It was just noise, wasn't it? It was, was just a wall of noise. I mean, at one point, um, I had Matt Cecil next to me, um, and we were talking before the game, and I couldn't hear what he was saying, because it was that loud, and he was only sort of basically right next to my ear, and I still couldn't hear him. But as well, it's sort of a real great technical feat to be able to do it as well, and to like broadcast it in such good quality, and, and to, to really sample the atmosphere of the day. Yeah, someone earlier on said to me, oh, it was really excellent on Saturday. Well, isn't technology amazing? I was like, yes, it is. I mean, we didn't know until we went live if it was going to work, and it did. Um, so, there you go. Well, hey, well done, technology. Yeah. Okay. Credit where it's Well due. done, us. <laughs> No, it really was a fantastic broadcast. Um, it kicked off at uh, midday, I think. It did, right? yes. And finished just before kickoff as well. Uh, here are some highlights uh, from uh, Saturday's broadcast, if you missed it. Right, three. 
three minutes after 12, Saturday afternoon. What an, what an afternoon we have for you. We are live from Wembley Stadium. Uh, Luke, of course, Hello. goes to the opening of an envelope, as we know. <laughs> um, so, uh, now, listen, if you're coming um, if you're coming up from Wickham today, first of all... Adam's uh, tr- Park car park is full. Adam's car park, <laughs> car park is full. First of all, what do you think, what do you think of our view? It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's fantastic. It yeah. is incredible. I'm, I'm remembering sort of like the, the old, say, FA Cup final grandstand, <laughs> where they would have a similar sort of view. I met up with the chairman of Wickham Wanderers, Rob Kuhig. Rob, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. As you guys would say, I'm buzzing. <laughs> I'm buzzing too. This is exactly where we both plan to be. Although, frankly, I was pushing him to agree to the uh, automatic promotion. But uh, I'm good with this. I'm as good as it can be. Well, I've been joined by a couple of Wickham fans. So do you want to introduce yourselves? Uh, hi, my name's Adam and I'm a Wickham fan. Yeah, John, Wickham fan, first time at the New Wembley. Uh, one lucky fan had um, well, quite an announcement when he woke up because he was told uh, that he was going to be the mascot for today's game. Uh, he'll be coming out with the teams as well. So, uh, Kean, I think it was this morning. Wow. See Lana's flag uh, over on there as well for them as well. All in our minds today. Of course, you think of those that we'd love to have as well. You know, the Robertson family will be here. John Durbin will be here. Um, Naz, who we lost back in October, you know, his family and boys will be here. Callum Jeffries and his dad Chris walked out with the match ball before the game against Sheffield Wednesday when we very sadly lost Chris a couple of weeks ago you know they're going to be in our thoughts when the teams walk out and you know of course we think of their families who have had to go through that grief and that pain but football can be I wouldn't say a healer but it brings people together live in Wembley this is the League One playoff final here comes Wickham Wanderers and Sunderland as well one voice can speak with wisdom One heart can know what's true. One life can make a difference. You see, it's up to you. Some highlights there from the broadcast on Saturday. Uh, you heard Rob and Bob and Martin uh, and Luke as well, of course, and uh, the chat with uh, Rob Kuig, a number of other guests as well. On the day as well, of course, uh, game didn't quite go as we'd have liked, of course. Uh, 2-0 defeat at Wembley. We'll be chatting more uh, with uh, Bob uh, to review uh, the 90 or so minutes at Wembley as well. But uh, as mentioned, uh, Luke went to the post-match press conference and uh, was among those to uh, pose questions to Gareth after the game. I'm good for the boys. Um... But, you know, I'm, I'm going to say we were beaten by the better team today. Some moments of quality. I'm not going to sit here and say we, we, we were unjustly done or anything like that. Um, they definitely had the spoils early on. Went 1-0 up. Then I thought the game was very close. Um, not much in the way of chances. And probably we created the best chances of the game. And there was a, a nervy spell for them. Second half, 15 minutes. But the second goal really kills it off. And uh, and that was, uh, that was a sucker punch we took. But, as I said, I think we... We've played better than we did today and unfortunately on the big occasion uh, Sunderland were the better side and and that happens sometimes, you know, there's, uh, there's times this season when we've probably got away with that but um, today we're going to have to take that one on the chin and regroup for next year. Would it be a case of then one step too far, considering that we've had a brilliant season so far this season? <laughs> we went one step too far a couple of years ago, I believe, maybe with this football club. So um, we just keep producing, we keep we keep upsetting the odds and, and upsetting the, the, the pundits. But um, I mean, we're a strong squad. We've got the best squad I've ever had at Wickham Wanderers, without a shadow of a doubt. We'll build resilience from this. We'll dust ourselves off. I'm so proud that we've we've amassed 83 points in in League One. We can do that again, I'm sure we'll be fine next year.
and with the fans as well, obviously, with them making lots of noise, some of them making lots of noise, and considering that they weren't 82 years ago, how did you find that? Listen, eight years ago, somebody gave me the stat that we, we survived at Torquay going in the in the National League and, and I think Sunderland finished 16th in the Premier League. So the progress this side has made has been phenomenal and then seeing 23,000 Wickham people turn up today is just so, so proud. You know, it's a new club in the, in the, uh, in the Football League when you talk of history and... Uh, and everyone had their clubs but we've got this new generation coming through the youngsters of Wickham now are proud of their club and I intend to keep it going that way um, we'll be back here and we'll be back here and we'll have learned and we'll be stronger and we'll be more resilient we know how to win here unfortunately today we just came up short and Alex here as well just a quick word on him and how well he's done since fantastic then. job really fantastic job they're a huge club probably the biggest club outside the Premier League and uh, they deserve to be in the Championship Gareth can I just ask you had a lovely huddle at the end with all your, uh, yeah. all your staff and players what did you say to, the, to everybody just how proud I was of them um, how that this is um, one moment in a, in, a, in a season of fantastic moments it's the defining moment, but also we'll be back and we'll be stronger for this. And I promise them that that group will achieve if we stick together. And I firmly believe that that group of people will achieve. Gareth, we've spoken about the fans that are here today, but the support back in Wickham as well. Um, I'm sure you've seen the photos of the, yeah. the buildings and the, the local businesses that have got behind you. That, that's grown over the season, and I think it's, we've all said what an amazing season has been having that support that's just grown throughout the year. Honestly, it's sort of lump in the throat time. When you see shops with the kits in the windows and people going light and dark blue around the town, it never happened before. It never, It's never happened when I was a player. It lost its way a little bit. The 90s were fantastic for this club, a real, real proud moment when they, they made the Football League and they seemed to go off, off the boil a little bit and, and the town has always been sort of, you know, a, a, a new town in football and, and football was never the big thing. It's been huge, it's been huge lately, you know, to see the kids, this new generation wearing Wickham shirts and getting behind their team. I think we've got a good future with this football club and I'm proud to say that, you know, the boys... Have, have produced this the boys have given absolutely everything every single game and uh, I'm a proud manager today yeah, I'm sure the kids as well I don't know if you've had a chance to speak to them yet but I'm sure they're, they're equally proud as well after I couldn't, couldn't have, have better owners honestly I couldn't have better owners you've got all your your, your shakes and your and your billionaires give me Rob and Pete Keurig any day because they've just been nothing but absolute support backing Rob came to me at the end of the game there just gave me a big hug he said I'm going home tomorrow because I've got some work to do it has nothing to do with the result you've done a fantastic job keep going and let me know if you need anything for the next season that's all I needed to hear he's a, he's a great guy and, uh, and I'm proud to be the Wicked manager yeah, obviously, aside from today's disappointment, it's been an amazing season with a lot of highs and some lows. Could perhaps just sum up your review of the season and maybe give, just give me your maybe two highest points under one of those? Yeah, today's obviously the lowest. You know, it's uh, it's a day when we, we wanted to perform and we, we just missed out. Um, I think the the quality today told just in that final third. You you quality players. Um, Sunderland spent a lot of money on some quality players, but I've got some quality as well. Just escaped them today at the last minute. That's the low point. I think high points getting getting here. You know, getting into the playoffs and 
you know, it's just the faces of some of these boys that I see week, day in, day out. You know, you, there's not one moment. It's just these boys coming in, learning from the youngest player to the oldest player. I can family who's called it a day to day. I'm just honoured to, to coach and be involved with this football club and these group of lads. You know, there's a lot bigger things in the world. Like I say, I'm not one who goes chases cash and chases status. I'm really happy where I am and. You know, as, as long as people are happy with me, I'll keep doing my job and, and keep trying to improve this football club. Perhaps just one follow-up on that. There'll be one day sometime in the next week or month where you report for work and there'll be no at the bio acting federal as a work colleague. Mm-hmm. How difficult, how much of a change in DNA of the Wanderers and how difficult will it be to fill that gap? We're going to miss him without a doubt. We're already working on personalities and characteristics around the place to fill his his boots, which on the pitch it's going to be impossible to do. You know, he's a fantastic player, but more importantly, he's a fantastic non-player. He's just phenomenal around the place. It's going to be a big hole, but Bale, I'm sure, will be popping in now and again. And he's not flying around the globe somewhere doing his stuff. But um, we're, we're really proud to have been the, cl- the club that Akinfam were called home. That's really a proud moment for me. Uh, on the BBC website, Aaron said that uh, your boots are made for lizard skin. Correct. <laughs> Uh, I think it's snake, so <laughs> they've got that wrong, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I think there, there may be a, a replica print on there, so the actual snakeskin ones are at home. I don't think they make real snakeskins anymore, so got to be careful what I wear. <laughs> Cheers. Just to clarify, there's a snakeskin print, yeah. Listen, I am that rock and roll guy. I am somebody different, and I'll fly the flag for everyone who's just a little bit different, who feels like they don't fit sometimes. Get out there and just be yourself. That's really important. That's what we've done this year. That's what gets us so much success. And thanks for everyone for your kind words. You know, I don't often get criticised, and appreciate that. Welcome on to manager Gareth Ainsworth speaking after the League One playoff final. Uh, Phil caught up with captain Joe Jacobson uh, on the pitch afterwards. It was quite noisy, but uh, uh, some great words from him. From him. Um, look, I don't think we deserve to win today. I think Sunderland were the better team. Um, they took their chances when they got them. They equaled the spots all game. And, and we started off a little bit slow today, which is a little bit unlike us. But um, look, immensely proud of what we've done this season from all the players, from the young lads to Bayes, to 40 a few weeks ago. And, as a club, we've, we've had setbacks before, but we've bounced back really well from them over the years, and um, we're going to have to use this to kind of fuel what we want to do next season. That was the message from, from the gaffer of the final whistle, is that watch this, think you see the comeback stronger? Yeah, it has to be. Look, it, it's not nice. You, you want to take it in. You want to... You, you know, we all, no, no one was made to go and watch their celebration. We all stood there, we all respect them as a, as a football club and, and as players, and uh, we just got into battle with them. So we wanted to kind of afford them lifting the trophy. Um, that's that's what we're here to do. We're, it's a game of football, and, and look, they beat us today. So um, you want to take that in, you want to realise the hurt that comes with it, um, the disappointment. You know, we've got your family there, you really wanted to go and celebrate tonight with them. And, but we can look back on the whole, as a whole season, quite level headed to realise, you know, we have succeeded. We've got to the playoffs, we're competing against the, some of the biggest clubs in the country, not just in the 
Premier League or Championship, but you know, some of the biggest clubs there is. And we've got to be proud of what we've done, and, and now hopefully we can use this to, to motivate us to go again next season. Losing the playoff final, it, it, it eats into, into the, the season break for you as well. Pre-season will come round soon enough as well. Is, is that something now to get over? Yeah, um, look, we, we as players, we know the situation, we, we've got time off, the, the guys behind the scenes will kind of give us a program, whatever it is, we haven't really discussed it in a minute to, to kind of get us in shape for next season, but we're professionals, we, we know what we've got to do, this will hurt for, for a little bit, but as soon as the season kind of, the fixtures come out and, and things like that, the realisation of, of where we're going to be playing next season hits us, then you just have to get, get on with it, you know, we remember seven, eight years ago when we lost in the playoff final, I think we were top of the league after 10 games the following season. So, you know, we can bounce back really well. We, we've not got anyone who kind of um, lets these things sink in. The gaffer won't let that happen. He won't let it stew over and, and be a hangover for us. And he'll want to, you know, make sure that, you know, we've had a great season. We can, we can pick on this year. And finally, I mean, it's the big stage here. The Wicked fans came out on mass as well. You know, whatever happened today, it was always going to be a great day for the club. 23,500 Wicked Wanderers fans made the trip here today and, uh, and played their part too. Oh, they're incredible. Um, the home game against Sheffield Wednesday against Plymouth towards the end of the season, what occasions they were to then go the MK game, uh, MK Don's game at home in the playoffs is probably the best atmosphere I've ever been experienced at Amstar. To go away to MK Dons and, and now sing them, now noise them, if that's even what they're saying. Um, and to come to 22,000, whatever it was today, is incredible. Um, the support they've shown us for the season has been amazing. And they're not a group of fans who get on our backs ever, and they're always there supporting us. And today, you know, it's upsetting for us players that we couldn't go and celebrate with them after this game. We've all dreamt of it, we've all envisaged, you know, lifting the trophy with our fans behind us, and today we be, but we're hoping that we can, you know, show them enough of the season that they want to come back and support this season, especially when I'm in the Wickham Wanderers captain Joe Jacobson speaking to Phil. Don't forget you can hear more of that interview, uh, if you can hear it at all, uh, on uh, Wanderers TV. And uh, Phil also caught up with Adebayo and Fenwa, who of course uh, came on towards the end of the game in what was his last, not only appearance for Wickham Wanderers, but last uh, in uh, football, professional football as well. I ain't really got too much words. I didn't think it would end like this. I wholeheartedly, in my heart's of heart, thought we was going to win. And it's disappointing because... To be fair, Sunderland were the better team on the day. And, it, and like, listen, as football, I've been in the game long enough to know that. But listen, after all this, I will sit back and 
Listen, I'm proud of the boys. I'm so proud of the boys. I love this club. And listen, as long as they've got Gaff right there on Dobbo, they'll be all right. We'll come back stronger. And I'll say we because I'm still part of it, even though I'm not playing for them no more. So it's not ended the way I wanted to end it, but I'm proud of the boys. Wicked Wondrous fans here, 23,500 of them. And you got to say goodbye to them today at the home of football. You said it yourself, Hackney Marches to Wembley. Describe that emotion with you and the fans. You've just come and had a chat with nearly all of them already, I think. It was emotional. I'm an emotional batter, but not emotional where I say it's a tears. And I choked up. They came out. The Wickham fans came out today. They showed out. They was with us all the way. And not being able just to get over the line for them. Listen, it's disappointing, but I just wanted to say thank you. I walked out and I said thank you to them. Because they took me into their hearts. Took me into this club. We've had success. Unfortunately, it ended the way it ended. But... I just want to say thank you for the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Final Wickham Wanderer show of the season. Coming up, we'll hear from uh, a number of ex-players that we've spoken to in the uh, last few months. We'll look at which current players are set to be staying at Adams Park and which are leaving at the uh, end of their contracts. But first, as mentioned, uh, Bob, who uh, uh, very kindly hosted the show for us last week, I've been catching up with him. Uh, just reviewing uh, not only uh, what happened at Wembley on Saturday, but uh, also a bit of a review of uh, some of the highlights of the season, how the season's gone overall, some uh, some positives, and uh, how that will affect uh, what's to come in League One next season. And uh, as you can imagine, uh, some really interesting stuff in our chat uh, with Bob, as I say, uh, first of all, starting with events at Wembley Stadium on Saturday. It was, well, looking back on it now, slightly disappointing, I suppose. Um, I, I, you know, I know that's probably a, a slightly ironic thing to say, slightly disappointing. But when you just think about actually the first half, and yes, Sunderland, you know, they, they were much better than us. They, they came out and looked less nervous, I suppose. You know, there were a few really nervy minutes in the, the, the right at the beginning uh, where you just thought, oh, goodness me, what are we doing? Um, and then we did seem to calm down before they then scored their goal. Uh, luckily, in the second half, I thought we were a lot better. We were particularly much, much better than uh, when Bayo came on. Sunderland weren't anything amazing at all. I don't want people to listen to this and think that Sunderland were, were world beaters or anything like that, because they clearly, you know, they, they, they weren't at all. Um, but really, what it came down to, I thought, was a case of that they took their two chances. We had two chances and we weren't able to take either of them, um, obviously. Um, Sam Vokes uh, had a really, really good chance and the goalkeeper was was luckily in the right place. And then we had Brandon Handler with his shot, which which was just too weak um, and almost looked more like a pass back than a shot. Did it feel like a couple of the goals were a bit soft, maybe? I know it's easy for us to say because we... Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, I will be completely honest with you, Colin. I still haven't watched it back because I haven't... Uh, I just that that would be too too agonising. From where we were sat at Wembley, it did look like the the David Stockdale shot took a deflection. Um, although I have since heard from several other people that no, it it, I, it didn't really. So that was a little bit disappointing. And the second goal, certainly, you know, it, it was it was a shot with precision, but it certainly didn't look like it had very much power on it. And so yes, they you know they they weren't amazing goals to win a playoff game that you're going to see sort of on these Sky Sports um, goal reel, you know, in in several years to come. I think the team as a whole though did themselves, you know, fairly fairly proud and, and represented themselves well. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, you know, I mean, as Gareth has said, you know, so let, let's be fair, Sunderland were the, the better team. But actually, the second half performance from Wickham was much, much improved. Um, as I say, when Bayo came on, I thought we were really good. The the combination of Bayo and Brandon Hanlon, there was certainly, and, and certainly in, say, the, you know, the 10 minutes before Sunderland did score that second goal, I certainly started to feel that actually that we had them rattled and that they really weren't enjoying it and that they were beginning to fear the fact that, you know, that we could well equalise and, and take the tie into extra time. Um, so, yeah, certainly, certainly, you know, not, not all bad at all. Um, and again, I think we very much have to think of that game um, in the context of the whole season. And, you know, just what a remarkable achievement to actually manage to get to Wembley, to be playing a side like Sunderland, uh, you know, to, to be getting to a League One playoff final when previously getting to a League Two playoff final was, you know, was considered amazing. Um, so we have to be very, very positive as well. Disappointing on the day, but that's the thing about a playoff final. You know, they're, they're either absolutely brilliant or they're absolutely brutal because it comes down to a 90-minute game. And a 90-minute game compared to a 46-game season, absolutely anything can happen. Of course, we had Jack Grimmer on the show recently, and he was he was saying exactly that. In that, you know, it seems so unfair in a way that you're kind of judged on on that one game at the end. Sure, exactly. I mean, that that's football, and you could argue that about so many tournaments. Um, you know, goodness me, you think of the Europa League final on uh, last Wednesday night. Uh, you know, being being decided by a penalty shootout, and you think, well, goodness me, teams have flown all the way to Kazakhstan. They've played, you know, all across Europe. And then the actual winner is decided on penalty kicks. That you know that that seems a little harsh, and it's exactly the same with the playoffs. But that's why they're brilliant, and that's why they're awful at the same time. Um, is that actually for those teams that don't go up automatically, you are reducing the season down to just a ninety-minute game. Um, but that's why we love them, and and you know, and if you win as we did two years ago, it's the absolute best feeling in the world. And if you lose, well, goodness me, uh, you know, <laughs> I. I know that we only had to go back to the short distance to High Wycombe, but it did seem to take an incredible long time to get home. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people experience that on the trains as well. Um, <laughs> yes, I was, I was just going to say that. Uh, I think there possibly there's still a few people in that queue at uh, Wembley Stadium <laughs> Station. No, definitely. But I remember speaking to Gareth even pre-season at the uh, the Leicester pre-season friendly. Well, actually, there he said after four or five games, asked me then. Um, but his, his sort of target, if you like, was was to be in the top six at the end of the season, which is certainly uh, something that was achieved. And you know, when you consider in January top of the table, there was a bit of a blip. Obviously, that that seven game run without a win, but to, to the way they finished the season with with those twelve games unbeaten was was fantastic. Yeah, sure. I mean, and every team's going to have a blip, and Gareth said that as well. And it's how you then recover from that that blip. And you know, we did it in absolute style. That yes, okay, there was a while where it looked like we you know we couldn't win a game for for love or money. But after that, then actually, you know, we went on this long unbeaten run, uh, which ensured that we did get into the playoffs. And and so yeah, I, I think you have to look at the season as being a success, and also look at the points total as well, because in any other season that actually would have been you know. A, t- a team with that amount of points would have been possibly looking at automatic promotion. We happen to be in a very unusual League One, really, in that a lot of teams were, were winning a lot of games, but similarly at the bottom, uh, you know, there, there were a lot of teams that really weren't winning at all. Um, and so that's why so many of us ended up with with eighty plus points. And goodness me, you know, look at look at poor Plymouth. Um, I, I think you could probably describe them as you know the fact that they got eighty and didn't actually get in uh, says it all, really. I was going to say, 80, I, I did read somewhere that it's a, it's a record for Wickham at this level, but uh, it's a fantastic tally. 
Yeah, it really, really is. And, you know, let, let's look back on the whole season and just think, well, wow, you know, we, we did actually compete in League One. There was no hangover from last season. There was no relegation hangover. Um, you know, it, it was a really, really impressive season competing in a division which is getting tougher and tougher. You know, they, they often say that the championship is like a, a mini Premier League. Um, but goodness me, you know, this season, League One, with your Sunderlands and your Portsmouths and your Ipswich and your Charltons, you know, that it, it is becoming a, a mini Premiership as well. And you really did feel towards the end of the season how, you know, momentum was building and and just the, the sort of specialness of it all. We have those two celebration games for, for Bayo and for, for Matt Bloomfield, of course, as well. Um, uh, of course, the fantastic MK Don's home uh, leg of the playoff as well. So many kind of special times and people coming to, to back the club at Adams Park. Yes, I mean, you know, it's been really, really impressive, hasn't it? The the last couple of games, uh, the Plymouth game, the Sheffield Wednesday game, and then the MK uh, Dons home game, just it's been brilliant to see Adams Park so, so full. And I really, really hope um, that some of those people who don't normally go but did go to those games, and particular some of those people who went uh, to the the game um, at Wembley, do start coming regularly because it will be absolutely brilliant to see Adams Park full on a regular basis. You know, the, the atmosphere that was created by the guys from Spain, well, we really, really enjoyed that. But just the atmosphere, actually, when we didn't have the Spanish guys uh, against MK was absolutely brilliant. And have there been any moments or games or goals that are particularly that have stood out for you that you've uh, been to, especially this season, whether home or away? I, I think really uh, I'm, I'm going to be probably slightly predictable and actually go go for the the away leg at Milton Keynes uh, just because it was so so satisfying. Admittedly, we didn't win the game. We obviously lost that game one nil, but but went through two one on aggregate. But for everything that sort of had surrounded it and the all, all of the MK uh, seeking a, a sporting advantage by doing some very, very strange things, that all felt very, very alien, I think, to us as Wiccan Wanderers fans. Yes, I know that actually during those 90 minutes, and as David Stockdale alluded to on, on the Wiccan Wanderers show last week when I asked him about VAR and, and he said with a grin on his face, well, the good thing about VAR is that it doesn't, che- uh, doesn't check time-wasting. You know, yes, within the 90 minutes of a game, there are certain things that Wickham do maybe to ensure that they get a sporting advantage. But I have never, ever known our club to try and gain a sporting advantage in any other way other than actually what happens on the pitch. And so the fact that MK actually did those strange things, such as putting us all in the, the upper tier and having nobody on the lower tier, that really, really, I thought, was pretty off. And so the fact that we managed to win that game, and let's not forget as well that this was an MK Don side that had beaten Plymouth 5 0 in, in their final game. You know, they just missed out on automatic promotion. And I think if we're all honest, I don't think that many of us really expected that we would manage to get past them in the, the playoff semi final, particularly considering that we'd already lost three times to them this season. And so the fact that we did, that I think is, is definitely the most satisfying moment of the season. And you mentioned how tight it's been at the top, especially towards the end of the season, how competitive it is. And you've got the teams coming down uh, next season, Peterborough, Derby and Barnsley. It'll be even more competitive, I imagine. Oh, I think it will be very, very competitive. And also, I think, extremely feisty. I think we are probably going to see uh, more police horses down Hillbottom Road than maybe we've seen for, for quite some seasons. Uh, when you consider that, obviously, uh, there will be a, a grudge against Peterborough, I would imagine. There's clearly going to be a, a grudge uh, between us and Derby now, although I think that's probably going to more come from, from Derby than it is from us. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have MK as well. We'll have Oxford. Um, obviously, Bristol Rovers have come up. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think there'll be a few few interesting games uh, next season to to come in League One. And it'll be interesting as well to see personnel wise who's who's still at the club and, and who who may arrive. Yes, that's very true as well. Clearly, we are going to to have to to find a I wouldn't say a replacement for Bayo because I think really the what he brings to the side is so so unique. But we're obviously going to have to find a way of playing without Bayo. Um, and again, it, you know, it, it was so, so interesting on Saturday. It, I felt that he changed that game in a way that actually I haven't seen him done that do for quite a while. Um, but he just did. He just bought something so, so different. The fact that suddenly he was able to hold that ball up um, and and then give it to, to Brandon Hanlon, uh, give it to Gareth McCleary, give it to Sam Vokes. Suddenly we looked so much more dangerous. And, you know, we really are, I think, going to miss him uh, at times next season. Um, but hopefully, and I'm, I'm, you know, if, if anyone can come up with a with a different way of playing and a different plan, it will be Gareth Ainsworth. I'm sure he's already working on that. And something else which has really stood out this season has been the development of the youngsters, and I'm really excited to see you know what they can do next season as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the you know the one name that straight away leaps to mind is Chris Farino. Just such an amazing story about the fact that he came along for a a, a trial game, really just to make up the numbers. Uh, and got spotted from there, and then has actually been one of the you know the the important parts of our defence this season. Granted, he hasn't played every game, but when there have been injuries to either Anthony Stewart or Ryan Tafazoli, he's really really stepped up. Uh, I think he's been absolutely immense, and really look forward to seeing what he can do next season. And I must say as well, uh, a very big thank you to you uh, for your contribution to the to the show this season as well. It's been been fantastic. Um, hopefully, you'll you'll get your your dog lead uh, patent idea through. <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I, I saw Missy in the shop actually before the, the playoff final and I, I forgot to mention, uh, remind her about the, the idea for the, the four different dog leads. Um, but, you know, we've, we've had a fantastic time. Uh, it, it was just a shame. You know, I know we've talked about Hollywood endings quite a lot uh, recently uh, with regards to Bayo. Um, and I think I even mentioned it to David Stockdale as well. Um, but actually for the, the Wicked Wanderers show, you know, it would have been so, so lovely because actually it was a game that we were both, you know, we were sat next to each other, which, which doesn't normally happen because obviously on a Saturday afternoon, uh, you are normally reading out or getting ready to read out the football results. And then normally on a Tuesday night, you are you are presenting on Wickham Sound. So you and I don't actually go to the games together. Um, and so the fact that we were both able to be there sitting next to each other uh, on Saturday afternoon was, was truly wonderful. And it would have been a lovely, lovely end, wouldn't it, to the season um, to have, have seen uh, Wickham pick up that rather large trophy. So, uh, as well, I think um, our predictions haven't been brilliant have they, uh, for, the, for, the, for the season in terms of league positions in, in previous previous campaigns. But um, do you sort of foresee uh, Wickham doing something a bit similar uh, next season in terms of a, a top six uh, push? I, I really, really do. Yes, I, I think that the the Kuhig family will ensure that actually, you know, that there is more investment in in the side. They clearly, really, really want us to be a a championship club. Uh, I think you know it's absolutely brilliant what Gareth has come out and said it in the last couple of days that you know he's really very obviously not looking to go anywhere he is completely happy where he is that is you know uh, absolute music i would think to all chairboys fans is um you know we we, we are so so much a a you know a, the the identity of the club and gareth is so so intertwined um that i think you know we we would be it, it would take a long time to actually rebuild Wickham Wanderers if Gareth Ainsworth was to leave. So the fact that he wants to stay for another season, I think is absolutely wonderful. And yeah, I, I have absolutely no doubt that we will be once again 
pushing for automatic promotion. I'm not sure whether I'm going to quite predict that actually that's what we'll get, but I would certainly be hoping for a top six finish again next season. The thoughts of Bob. Really great to get his input. And again, a big thanks for his contribution uh, this season, not to mention uh, his contribution last week. He did the show. Uh, still to come on the Wicked Wanderer show uh, this evening, we'll be uh, getting uh, more thank you, people to thank and we'll be hearing uh, a selection of uh, our uh, interviews of Wicked Wanderers ex-players. Online, on Radio Player and and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Final part of the final Wickham Wanderer show of the season. Still to come, we'll look at some of the uh, players who are staying and uh, bring you an update on uh, some that are leaving as well. Uh, we've got a sort of a, a list of thank yous, really, haven't we? Yeah, we're doing a list of, of thank you very much. Is it's like the credits at the, at the end. Of, it's worth staying on to the end. Yeah, it's an audible credit, except <laughs> there won't be like an after scene like on Marvel. Bob's not going to turn up and, like, I don't know, catch somebody as they're falling from the sky. There should be some sort of surprise at the end, shouldn't there? Yeah, they should. I'll work on it. We've got 20 minutes. <laughs> That'll be like, some some films are crazy credits, aren't they, where it turns out to be, like, recipes for cookie dough or something. What films Which... have you been watching? <laughs> Can't remember what that was in. Uh, but first, if you've been listening uh, through... <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, from the, throughout the season, uh, one of the real highlights has been uh, our chats with Wickham Wanderers ex-players, uh, with a big thank you, of course, to the Wickham Wanderers ex-players association. If you listened to our uh, Christmas special, uh, we had a bit of a round-up of um, those that featured up until Christmas. Uh, but uh, here's a selection of uh, some of the best of 2022. I felt very sort of proud that you could be involved in a... You know, have all the local people in the local football and... Uh, people just come off the parks and playing local you know good standards but local football like Hellenic leagues and this and that and then to step up to going into that you know versus some really good sides at the time you sort of look back and you think you know it must have something you know to sort of hang on and do the amount of time that we did you know the first part was quite traumatic but the, the second part winning the league was just I mean, we just won, so I think we got 101 points, and I think we scored 103 goals. And um, it, was, it was fantastic. It really was one of the, I mean, not, you know, forgetting playing, but in management, um, that's one of the best things I've ever had. We had some class players at Wickham, you know, really classy team, and well worth being there, actually, and playing with them. They really helped you, you, you know, brought me along, a lot of the older type players. They were really great. A lot of the players, Jackie Tomley, Cliff Trott and Jimmy Truitt, for example, and Jimmy Moyne, they were really good. We suffered a little bit while I was there as well, but, you know, when I when I look back and, like I say, I can only stress out how, how much I enjoyed playing there and football can take you on these roller coaster journeys at, at times and it's maybe only really afterwards if if most ex-players are honest with themselves it's only it's only afterwards that you when you reflect a little bit and you look back and you go do you know what you know what a, what a great club that was not that I didn't appreciate it at the time but it's only after when you flick through your career and you go God, I really enjoyed my time there I remember Martin keeping the boys in the dressing room a wee bit longer than the FA wanted them so the Kidderminster were in the tunnel um, under pressure and you know I'm not sure if it actually helps any but it certainly made them a wee bit more nervous and I remember those kind of things Martin said stay here let them wait let them wait great great days great days you never certainly I didn't never thought I would see those kind of days and yet you know here you are you've been you've been lucky enough to be part of as I say a unique set of people led by a very unique uh, manager three times 
and 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 won three times. So the team won three times. So in in, in that regard, they don't get more special than that. Grimsby away. I mean, it was probably would have been softer playing on a car park. I mean, the pitch was <laughs> frozen, the ball was frozen. And then it, I hadn't really played with uh, Andy Rammel much up until then. It, we kind of kept missing each other either through injury or whatever. We hadn't really had a consistent amount of games together. But we, that game was probably the first game I thought I found that I started to read his game and I started to play off of him a little bit better. And we started to work as a pair rather than two people just working hard to try and make something happen. It actually started to feel as though we had a little bit of a sort of partnership. Younger fans as well would, would have seen what it was like to play on that pitch and you had to play a certain way. You know, if you was at the top of the hill, I was playing fullback, you, when you were playing balls in from the top, you'd sort of just sort of play them in, they'd curl them in and they would sort of go into the players' path at the bottom. You had to drive it up and you'd see opposing goalkeepers that would come and, yeah, keeper, whoops. And, you know, drop it or misjudge the flight. So I think playing at the, the old ground was a, a good experience. You know, we had good crowds come in. Uh, we had good support, um, you know, especially a midweek game. Uh, the atmosphere there was terrific. That Martin era has always been remembered, you know, and a lot of them players, four, five, six of them players, stayed on for a, a number of years after that when you think of um, Cousins and Carroll and Ryan. You know, a lot of players from winning the conference went up a couple of divisions as well. So it was a really special group of players. Great to be at the club for two and a half, three years at that time and thoroughly enjoyed it. And like I say, made some really good friends. I mean, I played golf with, with Vinny, Vinny Faulkner and, and Keith Samuels, two gentlemen. They, you know, I really respect those two men. But I also played with Les Merrick, Colin Bunting and Martin Priestley. Now, uh, Les and, and Colin played in the era before me, but you talk to them about their era, and their teams all got on. Our team all got on. The teams after that, and I think this is carrying through into the present-day team, Gareth Ainsworth has got them working as a team. If you love one another in a team and you get on with one another in a team you're going to run your best you're going to work your best you're going to do your best for your mate my mum and my dad they raised me up very 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 well uh, to be very respectful for you know for others and uh, for me that just played out into the way that I am around people around the ground and you know just being I wanted to be part of something and Wickham for me even when I go back to, to Wickham now, it's not changed that that family nature that, you know, they're not a team that are abusive to their own players or, you know, booing here. They're very, everything is, my point is half full, not half empty. And it's just so great to see that that is still embedded in the Wickham philosophy as a football club, how to run a football club. It's family orientated. Everyone's out there for a great day, win, lose or draw. And that for me is why I love Wickham Wanderers and why I miss it incredibly, especially when I've been to so many other clubs and I always talk highly of Wickham. 
Nathan Tyson rounding off our highlights of uh, players and ex-managers as well and I'm sure you can pick out your favourite and identify it's like guess who of uh, Wicked Wanderers ex-players must say a big thank you to producer Lucas for helping put that together oh, that's right. thank you very it's much it's very nice to listen to uh, all the players really nice uh, it was a privilege and I'm really pleased to be able to, to chat to so many of them if you if that sort of whet your uh, appetite and you'd like to hear more uh, from them uh, there is uh, you can explore uh, previous episodes of the show uh, on the uh, podcast version that people can you can also listen on 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 youtube you can yeah we had loads over the last couple of weeks thank you to anyone that found it i'm guessing it might have been sunderland fans that were just typing wickham wanderers into youtube uh, also on the radio player page wickham sounds radio player page the last four weeks are on the listen again feature on the website wickhamsound.org.uk uh, we've got a lot more thank yous uh, to come as we mentioned before the end of the show as well uh, we were talking with bob briefly about um the new season you might have heard the club have announced contract extensions for daryl horgan tj debar tyler dickinson and connor parsons uh, with the club choosing to activate a trigger in their deals to keep them at adams park uh, a number of players have had offers for new contracts as well uh, they include captain joe jacobson Dominic Gape, Anthony Stewart, Lewis Wing and David Stockdale. Uh, I'm sure you heard before the final that Sam Vokes and the club triggered an extension to his contract and uh, he's going to be uh, at the club for the 2022-23 season. Adebayo Kenfenwa, as we've mentioned, is retiring from playing football and therefore leaves the club after six incredible years in which he became the all-time leading goalscorer in its EFL uh, era. Matt Bloomfield, of course, announced his retirement from playing football in February, calling time on a remarkable 19-year career with the Chairboys becoming fourth-highest appearance maker in the club's history history as well uh, the uh, also uh, list of clubs uh, the uh, list of players who uh, aren't having their contracts uh, renewed are Jean-Paptiste Fisher Adam Prisbeck Ollie Pendlebury Andre Burley uh, Malachi Linton and Max Ram as well uh, they're leaving this summer after their contracts uh, have uh, have expired as well um, it's been a fantastic uh, season it seems like we were just saying it seems like such a long time ago that yeah, you and I were both stood <laughs> in the, the cold at <laughs> the Leicester pre-season yeah. game which really kind of what kick-started because we did that fantastic show which we built up to that game uh, you did drive time from, from Adams Park yeah, the first one that all started the the car park uh, shows, which were brilliant. We of course spoke to Sam Vokes on that evening as well. You were the first person, I think, to talk to Sam uh, in the media, um, which was was really good. And we spoke then about how Sam from that game sort of he seemed like he got the Wickham bug he knew what he had to do and how much it was part of the team so I think everyone was very excited uh, that Sam was staying on uh, for another year as well uh, and I, I think I, I, you know Joe Jacobs and Donnick Gabe Anthony Stewart Lewis Wing and David Stockdale you can all imagine uh, will be will be there next season as well with a new contract Absolutely and and Sam as I stated when he was chatting to us that you know he wanted to come to Wickham Wickham was the club that he, he wanted to come to as well and would, would feel at home at Yeah and I think you know the, the changes they've made up on Marlow Road to the um, the training area um, have have helped get these new players in. Um, I you know I think was it TJ Debar who said that he he had a choice of two places to go and it was because of the the training area up at Marlow Road that he wanted to come to Wickham. No, definitely. Good. And as we touched on, we did um, commentary, of course, on the uh, the preseason game. Which well, was we brilliant. didn't. They well, didn't no. let us do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I must say a big thank you to to uh, our commentator for the day. Yes, for Henry. Well done. Thank you very much. And that's what really kick-started the, the pre-match um, day Saturday shows as well. Yeah, it was um, an idea that we, you know, we had to do it for that one. And then me and Rob afterwards were talking about it going, oh, this was brilliant, wasn't it? We should do this more often, do it throughout the season. And then the, I don't know what day that was on, so the, the beginning of the next week, Matt phoned me from the club and went, we've got an idea 
Would you fancy doing the, you know, the Rob show from the Adams Park car park before every game? And I said, well, funny you should mention that, Matt, because we were having, you know, the exact same idea. So it's been great to be doing those and obviously having the players doing adverts as well. Of course, David Stockdale's has gone down uh, in in history as being very funny and just brilliant. Uh, So that was really good to record those. So hopefully we can do more of that next season as well. And really coincides, obviously, with, you know, fans coming back after the pandemic, but also the experience at Adams Park, really sort of pre and post match, really building. And, you know, the, you've experienced the, the burgers and the live music and, yeah. and, and the, the, the real kind of uh, being part of that show as well is, is a real kind of, um, um, a really kind of way of uh, building up the atmosphere. Yeah, uh, Rob said at the beginning of the season they didn't really know what they were... They had a plan, but because of COVID, they didn't know how much they could, you know, start it as they went through the season. So it has built over the uh, over the season. And, you know, those last three games when we had over 8,000 fans at Adams Park, it was just great to see so many families coming down and, and sharing lots of entertainment beforehand, getting burgers from the Hellfire uh, barbecue. Um, thank you, Will, for all of your wonderful food this season because it has been amazing to you know hear about him earlier in the season. Out like his day was starting at five o'clock in the morning. Um, so yeah, it's been really, really good to seeing it build and, and hopefully, as Bob said earlier on, that will continue into the into the new season. I especially enjoyed the Matt Bloomfield burger. Yeah, they were good. They, I want to do more. I think we should have more player burgers next season, not just ones that are leaving, just just random ones every week. A Gareth burger would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, we should do a Gareth Ainsworth burger. That should be the first one of the series, of the season even. When you say we, I don't... Yeah, not us, Will, off you go. (laughs) That would be ideal. But yeah, those games especially, the um, Akin Fenwa and um, Mm. Bloomfield sort of celebration games, um, which were fantastic, obviously. And then the last few home games of the season as well, and we had the, the home... Uh, leg of the playoff as well it really a really brilliant atmosphere is being generated at Adams, Adams Park yeah those I, I was talking to Punk Andy actually earlier on in the week saying that those Bloomfield and uh, uh, Bayo games were really really special and I think it was nice especially for for Matt who's been there for well for 19 years um you know, it was just incredible for the whole of the town. It felt like was sort of saying thank you to Matt for even those fans that possibly weren't going to the games as much then, but did previously to just sort of thank him for his for his career at the club. It was really nice. So, what can we look forward to in the in the new season? You've got some key dates there for for us for our diaries. Uh, I do indeed. Um, they include uh, the one that I suppose everyone can get their calendars ready for is the fixture release date uh, on Thursday, the twenty third of June. So, under a month now, um, it'll be very interesting to see if we've got our uh, first home game of the season. Will it be the first game or the week after? Uh, what do you think? Early predictions. Oh, I'd like to start the season at home. Okay, then. Uh, the season officially it's not up to me, unfortunately. Starts. No, it's not. But we'll start with the home one. Uh, the season starts on the thirtieth of July. Uh, the final day is Saturday the 6th of May uh, and the key date that I'm sure Rob Kuhig is already looking at uh, League One playoff final Sunday the 28th of May although I'm sure he wants automatic promotions no, absolutely. And in terms of Wickham Sound, obviously, uh, more um, uh, shows on a, on a match day on a Saturday, uh, more from the Wickham Wonder show, hopefully. Yes, you can have another series, season. Um, but yes, hopefully, um, lots more to come, shall we say. Ooh. That's all I shall say for now. But yeah, lots of things are um, are getting ready for a new season. Uh, obviously, the club um, on a well-deserved holiday for, for some of the staff. So um, look forward to talking to them when they get back. But we have we have plans. Oh, excellent. It's been really great to do the show, obviously, and, and it seems like such a long time ago, wasn't it, that we, we obviously we started, uh, and there have been so many uh, highlights, I think, some sort of different guests that we've had and, and occasions and, and matches that we've covered. 
Yeah, and you know that that Leicester game we spoke about was was really really good. Um, obviously, you spoke to to Rob P um, and Lisa at the sort of it was a thank you event um, at the beginning of the season. That feels like a long time ago. It as well. was. Did I say it was August or something? Mm. Yeah. So that that was that, that was, was the official really, really launch of the season at Adams Park. Right? Yeah, and that was nice. That was nice to hear. You know, and and Lisa we've spoken to a few times throughout the year, um, and many of the volunteers that you know work tirelessly at Adams Park to keep it nice and tidy and keep it ready for match days. Um, and they've they've all been brilliant. And you know, so welcome to us as well as, as the whole club have been I think that's what's nice because we've been able to without sounding too corny sort of shine a light on you know some of the behind the scenes stuff and, and really sort of focus on unsung heroes as well and, and find out what goes into sort of maintaining the, the club and the, the ethos really that, that they stand for yeah and you know the club have done the same as well with, with Wanderers TV which has been brilliant as well um, to just you know for those fans that may just come on a Saturday afternoon don't possibly for follow them on social media and see things like that um, I think it has been really good to you know shine those shine the light as you said uh, on those on those stuff members that you may not necessarily hear like for example Ben Griffins uh, who heads up the t- um, the ticketing team uh, who's had COVID uh, over the build up to the Wembley game and was working from home so you know there's many people like that Adams Park um, that work behind the scenes and don't necessarily hear from and also that we've been able to bring you uh, club news has been fantastic uh, news from the trust obviously we chatted to Matt about the fact that uh, programs uh, came to an end printed programs came to an end this season as well yeah that was uh, that was big news an end of an era I think Matt called it and then the launch of Wanderers TV as well which you know as I said has been great um, so it's been um, it's been the end of a, an era for some people beginning of a new era uh, for other things no, absolutely. So uh, this is this is the credit bit of the show. Oh, we'd like to read out the long list. <laughs> we've, got, we've got many people to thank. Uh, obviously, we've already thanked um, Bob for uh, his contribution to the show. A big thank you to you as well for oh, your, your thank you to you your as pr- well. producing uh, elements and uh, and lots of uh, you know keeping, making keeping it on the on the on, well on air basically. Yeah, well you know that's what I tend to do. Uh, but other than that, other than us, uh, a big thank you uh, to the Kuhigs, Rob, Pete, and Missy, and the whole family as well um, for well a letting Bob go to their home uh, out in America <laughs> and talk to Rob there, but just for being brilliant throughout the season um, Rob and Pete and Missy have always come over and said hello to us on a Saturday uh, so a big thank you to them of course thank you to Gareth Ainsworth uh, talking to us weekly at the press uh, sessions and just being awesome and hopefully not me going up to him and annoying him uh, every time I see him uh, and again a huge thank you to Matt and Phil uh, from the club or now part of the club as Phil is um, for just being brilliant with content and inviting us um, to events that the club are doing um, and special opportunities to talk to the player they have as I said on uh, Saturday at Wembley just giving us really good access to the club so a big thank you to them uh, thank you to the Trust uh, as well for helping us on a Saturday afternoon with interviews uh, Wicked Wanderers Women uh, Dave Ward and hopefully more from Carl Simon as well next season uh, and then of course the, the ex-players association JDT and Alan Hutchinson uh, have been brilliant haven't they Colin? No absolutely a real integral part of the show um, we've been really pleased to be able to do the last two uh, seasons and speak to a real cross-section of, of players ex-players and um, former managers and even uh, a couple of sort of journalists as well and uh, great to chat to uh, Alan and JDT themselves as well to get a real kind of insight and, and speak to players who you know represented the club at, uh, even just playing in the reserves or um, you know they might play in the 50s they might play in the 90s and uh, you know under so many different managers and been involved in so many different eras of the club and, and tasted success and and obviously as you heard in some of those those clips there paint a real great picture of what a, a family club is and, and what a brilliant sort of character and ethos is is sort of continued on through yeah definitely and that links very nicely to say thank you to the players both current and ex uh, that have been on and um, shared their thoughts on on the club uh, both back then and and now uh, we mentioned Henry earlier on for doing the um, he was on well, twice he did the Leicester yeah. game and we spoke to him before the Portsmouth game as well uh, the other staff that we mentioned earlier on uh, and and you for 
for listening uh, and the fans who have given us uh, comments on the gas room forums on social media um, have been part of the show with comments and, and memories of the club um, we wouldn't be able to do it without you so uh, yeah a big thank you to everyone that has uh, has been part of the show over the last 44 shows 45 I think something like that Oh, it's been not, good. That's not, not, not a bad amount at all. No. It's quite sad in a way, isn't it? The, the season's coming to a close. That's right, it's only six weeks. <laughs> uh, again, thank you so much, Neat, for, for listening. Hope you've really enjoyed um, the interviews and the kind of the structure of the show. Uh, do let us know if you have any thoughts on, uh, you know, perhaps extra bits that you'd like in, in future episodes and, and series as well. Perhaps you'd like a different presenter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and uh, don't forget as well, you can listen to previous episodes as a podcast version of the show, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you can listen on the uh, YouTube uh, as well, on the YouTube. As That's what they call it. it. They do call it that. And on the Wickham Sound Radio Player page as well. Have a fantastic summer, and uh, we look forward to another series of the Wickham Wanderer Show uh, next uh, season. Up the Wick. Up the Wick. <laughs> <laughs>